Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. This is our first cuisine of 2022. As, as you will notice throughout this uh, recording, we record this episode right before Christmas of 2021. We were expecting that to post this episode uh, back in 2021, but we had some issues with the audio. We tried to fix, we thought about recording a new one, but the quality of this podcast is so good that we decided to post that anyway. So we apologize by the some issues that you may have listening to it. But if you also want to receive the or read the transcription of this episode, just go to our newsletter. You can receive that on your email every month for free. Uh, it's on the description of the episode as well. But stay with us. I can guarantee that the quality of the content in the episode is not uh, a reflect of the quality of the audio. Again, we apologize, but... I strongly recommend you staying with us and listening to it. So uh, enjoy the call. And yes, welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Welcome to the Cuisine 2022. Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. We are starting the last Cuisine of the year. We've done nine episodes so far with Dr. Z. Uh, so before we go ahead and get started, let me go and call Brooke Latek. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Looks like you're suffering a little bit with the, the dust. We just shipped cattle yesterday, so... Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time <laughs> for a cattle call. Great, great. Hello, Dr. Zing. Good morning, Pedro and Brooke. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thank you. Good, good. So, Brooke, what is the question that we have uh, for Dr. Zing this month? This month, we have a question about moving cattle from pasture to feedlots and what would be some good recommendations for that transition diet once they get to the feedlot. This is, uh, this is always a really, really important question. Uh, uh, probably one of the most uh, debated aspects of, of the cattle feedlot cattle management is the receiving program. And one of the problems that, that you have to remember is that when cattle come into the feedlot, uh, even if the pasture is fairly close, but usually it's not, okay. But um, there's a lot of uncertainty about the, the origin of the cattle, their history, how, what, what the background of these animals are coming into the feedlot. And uh, some cattle will, of course, may already know how to eat out of a feed bunk because maybe on pasture they were given supplements out of a, uh, some type of a feeder. And, uh, but other cattle, they wouldn't. Some cattle are, are coming from very uh, marginal pasture conditions and in very poor flesh and other cattle are coming into the feedlot in very good flesh. And, uh, and so all of these things create a, a, a real challenge for the feedlot because in fact, uh, remember that uh, these large feedlots, they may be getting 1,000 to 3,000 head of cattle per day. And so they're bringing them in and they have to, from all these different origins and so forth, and they have to to standardize their receiving program, they can't have, it's not easy for them to have 
uh, various types of receiving program. And as well, you have to consider all different weights, incoming weights of cattle. So you have light yearlings or calves or, or long yearlings. And, and so you have a whole bunch of diversity in terms of, of that. So <clears throat> the probably you know, the biggest challenge uh, for the cattle coming in, uh, besides you know just their health, would be their familiarity with the uh, with the debunk and their and their physical their, their status, their, the amount of stress that they've already experienced before coming into the debunk, and uh, and so what we want to do as we look at bringing cattle in, we want to develop a receiving program where we move the cattle towards their finishing diet in such a way that the cattle are full. In other words, that that the rumens are completely full before we begin moving them too far down into the high concentrate uh, finishing diet. And, and so there's lots of different approaches in doing that. Um, the idea, of course, is to uh, work things so that the, so that, uh, the adaptation of human microbes, the animal eating behavior, all of these things come together way. Typically, uh, receiving diets will have a minimum of 20 to maybe a maximum around 30% forage NDF. So you have that kind of a range. The reason, as we talked about in a prior uh, meeting, is, um, is that the importance of this uh, forage in that receiving diet is to stimulate rumination and salivation and buffering rumen as the animal begins to adapt. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to start out, uh, try to start out with a, a very high forage level. Now, I gave you a range of 20 to 30 percent. The reason for that is that feedlots will have different approaches depending on the design of the feedlot, feed milk capacity, and other aspects. So generally speaking, <clears throat> generally, now there are other approaches, but generally speaking, either a two-diet program, a three-diet program, or a four-diet program. These are the common ones. There's others, but those are the most common types of program. So I'll start out with the three-diet program. Uh, this, this program would be one where we would actually start out with around 20% foraging GF. But with the three diet program, what you do is you would provide the animal with about five kilos per animal of uh, coarse forage. So what you would do is you would have this receiving diet, this 20% forage in the after receiving, but that would be a diet that had about 30% forage and on a dry basis. And, uh, and then you would top dress about one kilo per day with the coarse forage. Now, the idea behind that is that the cattle uh, would... Doctors, in just, so is that you're going to feed the 30% NDF forage, then top grass more forage? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, that's what you do. So, mm -hmm. in essence, what happens then is if the receipt, then what that does, uh, Pedro, is that that brings up the total forage during that period to about 45 to 50% forage 
of what they're going to be eating. All right. Okay. And, mm -hmm. But what it does is it eliminates a diet because what you're going to do for the first three to five days is you're going to be pot dressing every day a kilo of forage in addition to the to the receiving diet. Okay. That and so what that does is it simplifies the startup, but also the other benefit of that program is that uh, the cattle see the forage and it's something they're more familiar with and that attracts them to the feedback. So I really like this program. And, and this, is a, this is a common program in, in many large feedlots. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what, what you would do is you would keep them on that diet, depending on the in, in weight of the cattle. Uh, if they're really light cattle, then you would keep them on that maybe a little longer. But usually mm -hmm. you'll keep them on that type of, uh, of a diet for about seven days. Okay. And then, uh, and during this period then, again, I want to emphasize, and this will be true for all the different programs, but you're going to look at the cattle and you're going to want to make sure that these cattle are eating. Okay. So, so then mm -hmm. after you've got that, um, so after about a week on the, on the first diet, including the top dressing, this is a three, again, a three diet program. Then what you would do is you would move to the number two diet and and this diet would have uh, let's say around 15% uh, forage in DF or somewhere in that neighborhood would have let's say now we start out with 30% forage on a dry basis now we drop down to about 18 to 20% forage on a mm -hmm. dry matter base and we would feed that diet then for two weeks so now this diet won't limit animal performance so actually we're, we're we're going to be able to optimize average daily gain during this period as well but what we want to make sure then is by 10 days or so uh, that you really observe the cattle to see if they're eating and so all the animals in the pen that aren't eating well that are still drawn then maybe we need to take them out and put them in a in a pen of feed and observation so that we can get them full before we move on because if you don't when you now, at the third week, at 21 days, if you drop them on to that finishing diet uh, and they're not eating yet, then these animals could become realizers and, and you wouldn't have good performance on these cattle ever. And that's a three diet program. Usually in 21 days, you're on the finishing diet because that would be a three diet. Uh, probably. Another, another program that I really like, in fact, I recommend especially uh, to very, uh, operations where it's more difficult to control everything, okay? Uh -huh. So the less control, the more conservative we've got to be on how we start these cattle. Yes. And so now uh, what we would go to is a four diet program. And, and really in the U.S., a lot of our big feedlots, they're going to use a four diet program. And, uh, and that would be true in Mexico as well. And the four diet program then would be uh, a program where actually you would start out with that 30%, or in other words, a forage NDF, or in other words, a diet that has about 45% forage in it. Uh -huh. On a dry matter basis, that would be your starting diet. And you would keep them on that diet for a week. And then you would move down so that you went from let's say 45, out to 35 for a week and then mm -hmm. you went from 35 to 20 for a week and mm -hmm. then you're down onto your 
Okay, so you're just you're making all these steps. You go down until you're on that final diet. So that now that's a, a critical thing for the. Uh, and I really like that. I mean that uh-huh. I think a, a four diet program having cattle on the finishing diet in 28 days is is right. so, that that would be my 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 highest uh, option. Okay, so uh, one thing on this uh, the forage. Di- the four diets would you you also recommend maybe the first or two days putting some hay when we are receiving cattle hay on top of, well, of- that you yes you can do that it's not as important and usually okay. the feedlots to do the four diet program do not uh, they would not do that okay okay so, but uh, but but it's still you know I, I know feedlots that do that too so that would still be an option but okay But uh, remember that uh, it's not as critical because you're adding that diet. You're actually giving the animals mm-hmm. that higher forage diet to start out with. And, okay. And so you know, and you're going to make a, you're going to give them a lot of time to get on to that final diet. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go all the way out to 28 days, you know, before you have to worry about that high concentrate. And and so this is a. Uh, uh, This okay. is a very conservative program. Okay, that would be the conservative program. Now, Perfect. Another program that is also very common that I don't like, that I don't recommend, is what we call the sandwich program. And this is a two-diet program. And basically, with the, with the sandwich program, what you're going to do is uh, you're going to start out with a receiving diet. And this diet, receiving diet would be 55% forage. And uh, and then you have your high concentrate diet, and or uh, <clears throat> let's say forty five percent forage, fifty five percent concentrate, and then you have your high concentrate diet. And so basically, what you're going to do is uh, for the first four days that the cattle are in the feedlot, they're going to get this receiving diet all. Day just the receiving diet, morning and afternoon feed. And then the next, uh, then three days after that, for the next three days, so in other words, from day four to day seven, let's say, um, for the next three days, then they're going to get 55% constant uh, forage, uh, the roughage diet in the morning and, and 45% in the afternoon of the concentrate, the finishing diet. And then the next time, And during the next period, it's going to go to uh, uh, 45, 55, 45% of the uh, receiving diet, 55% of the concentrate. And then the next three days, it switches. So the next three days, you're going to go with with 50, uh, 45% concentrate uh, of the finishing diet in the morning and 55% in the afternoon of the receiving diet. And then you start moving up, 55 for the next three days, then 65, then then 75, then then we're on the finishing diet. So um, it's just a, a gradual introduction of the receiving of the finishing diet over a period of 21 days. Uh, the pro- actually ends up being 23 days. But <clears throat> the problem with that program. And the reason that I don't, there's a lot of reasons I don't like the program, but 
the positive thing about the program is that it greatly simplifies mill operations. So this is, uh, uh, if the mill capacity is limited, then this will allow you to get a lot of cattle fed. It's simplifying, greatly simplifying mill operations. The, the big problem though is that, it, and this is something that everybody who considers this should understand, getting a very difficult to call feed on cattle in the early receiving period. In other okay. words, their, their feed intakes, it's, it, I, feed callers, they just do the best they can, but it's very difficult to call feed. The cattle, are, the feed intakes are moving at different rates for different types, but it's just very difficult to call feed. So when you look at proportions, the amount of receiving and finishing diet as you're sandwiching those together, these things can get very confused. Maybe with one pen, it just straightforward, everything works fine, but in another pen, all of a sudden, you have a whole bunch of feed left over, and which one is it? And and so, uh, it just really complicates uh, yeah. the, the yeah, program. You, you facilitate the meal operation, but the, the management side of the kettle, it, it may be harder, right? It is. In fact, you know, my observation is I look at cattle performances that the sandwich program usually results in an overall decrease of about 5% in Irish city gain of, of, of you really have to think twice about that program, in my, in my, uh, in my opinion. And okay. I have, and I have observed a lot of cattle <laughs> on feed with that program, so uh, it's an educated opinion there. Okay. The, now, having said that, uh, <clears throat> what we have to think about now is uh, the composition of the receiving diet itself. It's how we receive that. And... Uh, or how we formulate that receiving diet. And so what we want to do, uh, there's a lot of research to show that the receiving diet itself should be high in protein. Mm -hmm. So usually, usually this receiving diet will have around 15.5% to 16.5% crude protein. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to, in order for the animals to adapt to urea, then the receiving diet shouldn't have more than a half percent urea. A lot of feedlot nutrition is 0.2-0.5%, even if they don't need it, just so we can begin to adapt the animals to the non-protein microsorbent. Um, another thing to, that in the receiving diet is that uh, we need to take into consideration that the animals are not going to, that the feed intake is going to be uh, much lower than it will be later on in the feeding period. So we need to concentrate uh, some ingredients in the diet and and usually what we're really looking at here is calcium and potassium uh, so that maybe a typical finishing diets would have 0.6 to 0.7 percent uh, calcium how much the, uh, uh, Dr. Zing, sorry how much calcium would you say I would say that that the fin typical finishing diets would have between 0.6 and 0.7 percent calcium, mm -hmm. even though you'll notice, Pedro, that all our finishing diets are closer to 0.8. But okay, but uh, that would be you know kind of typical in the industry. But the receiving diet would be higher, so the receiving diet would have uh, at least 0.8 percent calcium uh, mm -hmm. in the diet. The and then the other thing is potassium, where Typical feedlot diets would have 0.5 to 0.6 percent. 
potassium on a dry matter basis, meaning they're not supplementing their disclosure in the diet. Um, the uh, receiving diet uh, typically would have between 0.9 and 1.2. So we okay. really increase the potassium. And that's, uh, that seems to have a positive effect on the performance of the calves. Now, in addition, uh, usually, you know, the probiotics, those uh, usually have beneficial effects in terms of organic in the cattle. So, you know, there, you see some benefit in having a, a probiotic or a biotic of some type in that early receiving program. Um, okay. And in addition to, say, the anaphore and, and whatever else you're, you're trying to look at. Uh, a lot of nutritionists will double up on the trace mineral, not double up, but increase the concentration of certain trace minerals in the diet, particularly zinc, mm-hmm. where the NRC would suggest, and a lot of nutritionists would add 30 milligrams per kilogram of zinc uh, supplemented. But uh, in the receiving diet, a lot of nutritionists would increase that to say 0.6 to 0.75% of zinc. We don't do that, but that would be uh, uh, that would be common, let's say, in the industry. Um, the uh, as far as um, it's in my experience, uh, it really I don't see a lot of benefit to increasing the trace mineral concentration during that three three four week period. The big issue you're going to have during that time really is um, is monitoring animal health. And, okay, and uh, and so as I mentioned that I should say that as cattle come on to feed, in other words, as we bring cattle into feed, we're introducing a new type of diet, and as they come on to feed, then their feces will get new, and uh-huh. uh, and, and a lot of times we're cons- people might be concerned about that, but that's a mechanical type of diarrhea, and it's not any kind of real problem. Uh, so if Talking about problems and use this or something we're looking for blood or something like that in the school. But uh, but anyway, those are the <laughs> general consideration for. Okay. No, we we cover a lot of things here. I was take like taking notes. Like we cover the diets that they step like going from more forage NDF to low when we can have the three three diets, four diets generally four diets in four weeks might be the best option. The protein, increased protein, watch out for urea as well. Calcium, potassium uh, are the... I might mention, Pedro, that also fat, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, usually we, we only, we'll introduce the fat in the diet at around uh, 2% on a dry matter basis, even if we're going to go higher. So we uh-huh. go higher than 2% uh, initially. Okay, that's a great point too. Okay, good. Another point to add here, fat as well. So I, I, I'm taking the notes here. But yeah, I think we cover a lot of ground. We can uh, we start to talk about the health, but that's something that we can maybe record another podcast for the for the health to be watching the animals. The, the very important thing here that I'm taking is like make sure that the animals are eating. They are full before we make transition, big transition in, in diets. Uh, so... As always, watch the animals' management. We can formulate the best diets, but if the animals are not eating, that's going to be to be a challenge. 
So I think, yeah, Dr. Zing, thank you very much. It's been a lot of information you have given us during this year. Uh, I've learned a lot and I'm glad that we are able to, to share that with more people. Uh, and I just have to thank you for everything and hopefully we can record more questions next year. I appreciate all of your help. Uh, I don't know if Brooke has any any final comments, any final question, Brooke? Nope, that was great. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you very much, Dr. Z. I don't know if you have any final comments, any anything else. Oh, just hope everyone has, has a Merry Christmas. Yes, you too. So thank you very much. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, remember we have our printed newsletter as well that you can receive in your email. Uh, not is a transcription of this episode. Uh, just send if you have questions, send an email to kettlecallucd at gmail.com. All of the information will be in the de- transcription, uh, the description of the episode. And please uh, remember, it's always a good time for a kettle call. Thank you. Some cat.